expand your mind and enrich your world. It's time for another outstanding podcast from ICRT. Hello and welcome to another podcast edition of Taiwan Talk. I'm Keith Manconi. A controversy is raging in Taiwan centered around high school textbooks. Namely, what bits of Taiwan's history should go into those textbooks and what words they should be using to describe that history. Many critics say the Ministry of Education's latest revisions to Taiwan's high school history curriculum have shifted those textbooks in a direction that more heavily emphasizes China's role and de-emphasizes the contribution of others. The controversy has become the subject of debate and protest, and coming up this weekend, student demonstrators say they're planning rallies to be held in front of the Ministry of Education. The ministry, meanwhile, is still planning to go through with the changes and put them in place this August. So it's an issue that's been with us for a while. Seems like it's only heating up now. Uh, But for many of us who did not grow up in Taiwan, it can all seem a little bit, well, academic. So to help us get a handle on the controversy and understand a bit better why many see this historical debate as one of the biggest issues in Taiwan politics today, we're joined now by Megan Green. She's the director of the Center for East Asian Studies at the University of Kansas and has written before about changes to Taiwan's history curriculum. Megan, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for for having me. So before we get into the specific changes at the center of this controversy, uh, I understand uh, there's a bit of context here. How Taiwan's history has been taught has uh, been contentious for some time. Uh, So could you tell us a little bit about that context? Yes. Well, in fact, when the KMT moved to Taiwan in 1949, they were faced with the, the, the problem of taking over a territory that had been governed by the Japanese. Uh, and under Japanese government, of course, the curriculum, including the history curriculum, was a Japanese history curriculum. So the KMT brought with them the history curriculum uh, from China and and uh, imposed that upon Taiwan uh, because that was the history curriculum that they thought was the most appropriate to be taught in Chinese territories. Uh, over time, as it became increasingly clear that Taiwan and China were operating in separate ways, uh, many people in Taiwan started challenging uh, whether, in fact, a Chinese-centered curriculum was what would make the most sense for a Taiwanese population. In the 1990s, we start seeing a, a move under the Li Donghui uh, administration to start modifying uh, the, the history curriculum at the middle school level. And so in 1997, uh, the Ministry of Education introduced a new middle school uh, uh Curriculum and a new set of textbooks called Knowing or Understanding Taiwan, Renshi Taiwan. And these were dramatically different than any kind of uh, history textbook that students had been exposed to in Taiwan up to that point under KMT rule uh, because they acknowledged the history of Taiwan and they began to incorporate the history of Taiwan into. The, the broader curriculum so that a student 
going through middle and high school in Taiwan from 1997 on would be exposed to a, a historical narrative that told them about the island and that they lived on, that they were of, and that they were, were growing up in. But in high school, they would also still be exposed to a considerable amount of Chinese history. So this is, is where that word uh, we keep hearing comes in, Taiwanization. This was a, uh, a Taiwanization of uh, the history. Precisely. Right. So this is a, and it's a gradual process. I mean, it seemed incredibly radical in 1997 to, to Taiwanize the middle school curriculum. But in fact, the high school curriculum was left pretty much untouched at that point. And it was not until the Chen Shui-bian administration that uh, further changes were made to the curriculum so that high school students would start being exposed to Taiwan's history as well as Chinese history. And that new curriculum, again, was quite shocking and, and controversial at the time that it came out. Uh, but now it would seem from from the protests that are going on at present, that many people, many students at any rate, many teachers feel that that's the norm. And so they are, they are just as shocked by a return, what they see as a return to a, 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 a less Taiwan-centered uh, approach to history education. So now that we have a, a better idea of uh, the context here, let's bring this conversation more up to uh, the current controversy uh, and uh, discuss some of the changes that has been made by the Ministry of Education. Now, uh, the critics are pointing to a, a specific set of these changes. Uh, the things that uh, they're most upset about are uh, the addition of more Chinese literature to the curriculum rather than specifically Taiwanese literature. Um, they say that the new textbooks uh, emphasize uh, more of uh, China's rule over Taiwan rather than local rule or, or colonial rule. Uh, they also say that it de-emphasizes anti-government uprisings, such as the, the 228 incident. Uh, and they say that some of the wording has been changed as well, uh, the words that are used for China and Taiwan. Meanwhile, people that uh, support these changes say that the changes are, are uh, all focused on correctness and completeness uh, and, and giving an honest reflection of uh, Taiwan's history. So definitely a very different views held on this. Uh, how would you describe the changes that have been made? Well, from, from what I've seen, um, it appears to me that there is a lot of fairly small-scale editing um, of the history curriculum. So basically what the ministry, this Ministry of Education Committee has done is to take the old curricular guidelines and edit them. And they have, uh, they have taken out certain types of language uh, and, uh, and replaced that language with, with, I guess, language that they're more comfortable with. Um, and that really changes the perspective uh, that underlies the curriculum. All right. And to get even more specific, uh, what stuck out most to you? What's, what, what's an example of something that uh, was a striking change to you? Yeah. Well, so um, one of the things that the, the, the I guess, current or, or possibly now previous curriculum did was to really 
it provided a very strong political uh, narrative that was pretty consistent with the DPP's perspective on Taiwan's history um, to students. And so that narrative really heavily emphasized colonialism and Taiwan as a place that had been colonized by a series of different colonizers. So it, it's his, the history of Taiwan that it provided uh, emphasized the presence of the Dutch and the presence of the Spanish, uh, the presence of the, the Chinese as colonizers. Uh, the so it's kind of uh, lumping them all together. In this, in this view of things, uh, China is one of many colonizers. Exactly. And so, so one of the things that to me is very striking about these revisions is the excising of a lot of that understanding of Taiwan's history in these colonial terms. So if if you, just to explain this a little bit more, if you understand Taiwan's history in colonial terms and you think of the Chinese as colonizers too, you know, or the KMT as colonizers again after, after 1945, then that really frames your understanding of that relationship between Taiwan and China. You know that China, that Taiwan is a victim of Chinese colonization, just as it was a victim of Japanese colonization. For example, if you take out that language, then it then it uh, uh, the language of colonization, which is one of the proposals in this set of uh, of, of of edits to the curriculum then you really change the whole lens through which you're seeing the relationship between China and Taiwan. It's not necessarily a colonial relationship anymore. Now it's a, now it's a sort of a, a, a natural relationship that has evolved because, Taiwan, because of Taiwan's close proximity to China um, and because of these long-standing uh, cultural ties that, that, and, and, and human social ties uh, that have existed between ta- Taiwan and China. So it, it really reframes that relationship. And I think that the, that, that may not be the, the, the main thing that people are protesting about, but to me it's a very striking change. So just to give a little bit of shape to this conversation and help us think about uh, what these changes uh, really are, um, uh, help us understand, would you say that uh, these changes that we're seeing now uh, would they be analogous to those that you were talking about in, in the late 90s and, and early 2000s? Would it, this basically be uh, the reverse of uh, what we saw back then? It's analogous in the sense that, uh, that in, in the 1990s and again and under the Chen administration, we saw changes that were really um, designed to, to encourage Taiwanese students or students in Taiwan to think about their relationship with China differently. And so it's clear that that is part of the agenda of the committee that has revised the curriculum this time, to, to encourage students to think about their relationship with China in, 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 in a way that is distinct from the way that students who were educated last year um, would, be, would be encouraged to think about that relationship. So, so it's a it's a reframing in that sense. It's 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 different in in another respect. In that they're not actually 
as I, as far as I can tell, they're not actually eliminating all of the Taiwan content, right? There's still a considerable amount of Taiwan content being, being left in the curriculum. And so it's not a reversion to the pre-1997 uh, curriculum, which really had almost no Taiwan content at all. So I think that many of those uh, that support these changes uh, kind of see it as almost a correction uh, to uh, changes made during the Li Donghui era and the Chen Shui-bian era. You know, they, 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 they see things as the pendulum swing really far in one direction during that time, and now it's being kind of uh, pushed back in the other direction, almost as a, a correction. Uh, so, so what do you make of that view of things? Yeah. Well, I mean, the fact of the matter is that history education, when... When when governments are involved in constructing history curricula, maybe that's the best way to put it. When governments are involved in constructing history curricula, and most governments are, uh, they have an agenda, and the 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 way history is told anywhere. This is not unique to Taiwan. Uh, is is typically a way that serves the needs and aims of the state. And and so I think that the the that the government that the Mind Jiao administration um, would like to have a much more positive relationship with China than the kind of relationship that the Chen Shui-bian administration sought to have with China, and so it serves their purposes to try to educate the population in a way that uh, that that will foster. That relationship, whatever perspective uh, on the China-Taiwan relationship children grow up with, it may well be the perspective they will continue to have as as citizens, voting citizens in the future. Um, and and so it, 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 it there's no question that history education. Ha, pl- plays an important political role because it educates citizens, it's, it educates voters, it it it, it it's the frame um, that that from which citizens and voters start out as they begin to think about what what it is they want politically. Um, that said, I think that to the extent that I've had a chance to really look at this, I don't think it's completely unfair or, or, or incorrect for the Ministry of Education to be indicating that this is a kind of a rebalancing. Um, there's no question that under the Chen Shui-bian administration, the narrative of Taiwan's history did swing into, in, in a, a, a very um, clearly... I guess what I would have to call pro-independence direction. So if I'm hearing you right, it it, it sounds like uh, what you're getting at is that there were some uh, politically motivated changes during the Chen Shui-bian era. Uh, let's, let's not generalize too much. Uh, what, what would you point to specifically uh, that was made during that era uh, that might be, I don't know, uh, problematic uh, in some regards? The revisions that were made in the Chen, during the Chen administration were very much targeted at at two things. One was simply to get Taiwan into the curriculum. So that's a, that's a pretty a pretty simple and seemingly straightforward goal. Um, but then of course the question is how do you get it into the curriculum? Um, and and what kinds of vocabulary do you use 
to describe the past. So you could, for example, um, have a section in your curricular guidelines on the 228 incident where you simply titled it the 228 incident and didn't, didn't give it a frame, you know, but actually just described in a blow-by-blow sort of way what happened. Now, even a simple description, even a simple blow-by-blow description is probably going to have some kind of interpretation laid onto it. Um, But uh, I think the, you know, the simple blow-by-blow description could potentially be the one that would have the least interpretation laid onto it, and it would permit the student or the teacher to frame it um, in whatever way made sense made sense to that person. But what the Chen Shui-bian administration did was was to frame that incident as being the starting point for at least part of the frame of that incident was was to make it the starting point of 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 a democracy, a path to democracy in Taiwan. So if you have a title, The Road to Democracy, the 228 incident, for a chapter or a chapter segment that is going to be um, on, on the 228 incident, then then you're you're very much guiding uh, guiding the reader in a certain direction to understand the the protests that that Taiwanese uh, made at that time in 1947 and, and the reactions that the Taiwanese had to KMT repression were sort of the kernels of democracy. Now there may be truth to that. I'm not. I'm not contesting that, but it's it 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 suggests a particular way of looking at that that leaves out other possible ways of looking at it. I don't actually really want to come down on one side or the other here because I'm I'm not sure where I stand. Uh, and and frankly, you know, I'm. I just study this. I'm not in the middle of it, and it's it's not really appropriate for me to take a stand. Um, but but I think that um, it's just one of uh, many interpretations. There's other perspectives out there, right? Right, and I think that that's you know. So so the question is, I think an essential question for me, if I were if I were asking a question of of the Ministry of Education right now, I would say, are you are you simply stripping things back to a point that you are kind of trying to remove some of that politicized frame that the Chen Shui-bian administration, uh, or that its Ministry of Education imposed upon Taiwan's history, or are you actually constructing a new pol- or an alternative political frame? And that, to me, is the crux of the the question. If students are still going to be given the opportunity to to um, learn the history and to impose their own interpretation upon it, then, from my perspective, that's fine. Um, it, it the problem, the greater problem, would be if actual events are being excised from you know, and important events. Uh, like the 228 incident, uh, are are truly being excised from the curriculum. That's a problem because it's it's something that happened and and it tells us 
a good deal about that moment and about the dynamics between uh, the KMT, the, the, you know, the arriving KMT, KMT and the existing Taiwanese population in the 1940s. Right. But I think that uh, the critics, at least, would say that uh, there is uh, a fair amount of political motivation uh, that is behind these newest set of changes as, as, as well. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've seen a lot of, I've, I've seen a lot of, uh, sort of things on the, in, in, in these various articles about, you know, people, people reacting against this sort of use of glory, the term glorious restoration, um, which is, and, and I guess maybe I should say a little bit about that. You know, the, the term Guangfu or glorious restoration, uh, is a term that was used, you know, used very insistently by by the KMT in the fifties, sixties, seventies, eighties, into the nineties. Um, so it's a term that will be very familiar to to people who are, you know, older than say forty uh, in in Taiwan, and it's a term that they will unquestionably associate with the textbooks that they used as children, which which. You know that there wasn't much content on Taiwan in those textbooks, but they the one thing that you could be sure was in those textbooks was a reference to the glorious restoration of Taiwan to China, and and to me that's a pretty politicized term. So the the decision to add that terminology back into the curriculum. It indicates to me that this curriculum isn't really looking solely at kind of restoring a balance, but is in fact uh, looking at offering a, an alternative or um, political frame to understanding Taiwan's history. Not everybody, not everybody in Taiwan would view the the return of Taiwan to China. As glorious, and and I think it's you know incredibly important to remember that the government that Taiwan was returned to was the ROC government, which didn't exist when the when Taiwan was removed from from uh, from Chinese or or really Manchu um, control uh, in 1895 when it became a Japanese colony. So it's it's a return, and yet it's not a return. Um, and whether or not it's glorious is subject to interpretation. So using that kind of language is, is um, it, it, indicative of a of a simply a different type of politicization of of the history curriculum to me. So maybe the biggest thing to take home uh, from all this isn't so much. Uh, looking at uh, this or that side of the argument, but really recognizing that, you know, the, the, these changes that you're talking about, the more Taiwanized uh, history in these textbooks, it's been around for a while. Uh, a lot of kids have grown up with it. There's been a lot of generations that have gone through that kind of education. So it really does seem like, I mean, at this point, uh, I, don't, I don't know if this is quite the right term to use, but it, it seems like the genie's out of the bottle. Uh, that's This is what the expectations are. And, you know, there's there's really no going back. Let me let me go backwards a little bit to to address that. You know, with the lifting of martial law, one of the first things that people wanted to do was to actually go back into the history 
that hadn't been told. And, and part of that history, a large part of it was the 228 incident and the white terror, which, you know, were, were, were instances of serious repression of Taiwanese people by the KMT in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. And, and so there were these kinds of um, truth and reconciliation activities uh, that, that were going on in Taiwan in the early 1990s that were really about bringing to light uh, documents and, 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 and other kinds of evidence um, that, that exposed what had been, ha- you know, the, re- the KMT's repressive policies and, and also exposed the things that happened to people, um, you know, real people, who, who, who died or who were put in jail or who felt in, in some way that their voice was not being heard um, as a result of these policies. So at some level, simply lifting martial law let part of the genie out of the bottle. But once you have, you know, but that was something that was really important for that particular generation. And as time passed, you know, you have children being born all the time and children coming, you know, new children every year coming into the school system. And it became clear that those children needed to learn about these things through the educational system. And, and, and now that that's been happening for some period of time, I think it would be really hard to go back and, and excise it completely. Um, so, so that any kind of a balanced approach is going to have to address those incidents and, and not hide them, not lead them, not leave them completely out of, out of the curriculum. Um, because otherwise you'll come back to another situation where people are demanding and, and, and rightfully so to have another, another sort of truth and reconciliation process, you know, to, to bring things back out from, from the closet that have been hidden. Um, so, so I, I don't, I don't think it would be logical to, to put these things back in the bottle if it could be done. Um, and, and I also think that they're out of the bottle and I'm not quite sure how in a democratic society they could really be put back in the bottle. We've been speaking with Megan Green. She is the director of the Center for East Asian Studies at the University of Kansas. Megan, thanks so much for speaking with us today. Oh, I've been delighted to talk with you and, and, uh, and thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Talk. A couple quick notes. I uh, want to remind our listeners about a new-ish, new-ish weekly uh, news review show ICRT is producing goes by the name of Taiwan This Week. You can tune in every Friday night at 8.30 to hear the ICRT news team and commentators discuss the week's top stories. For folks that want to stay up on Taiwan news but don't necessarily want to put in the legwork sifting through the daily news grind, we're making things a little bit more easy for you. Just lend us your ears for 20, 25 minutes a week, and you will get all of the top stories. No sifting required. And for those of you who are already following the daily blow-by-blow of Taiwan's news cycle, well, there's lots of hard-hitting analysis and insights in the show to give you your money's worth as well. Also, I want to remind our listeners that if you like what we do, one of the best ways for you to show that is to rate and review our show on iTunes. It really does help us get the word out there about the show. All right, for those of you who sat through that whole spiel, thank you. It's over now. As is the show, that's it for today. Do tune in next time for Taiwan Talk. I'm Keith Manconi.